As we continue in our study of the book of Ecclesiastes, today we'll be in chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. So let's hear the word of God as recorded by Solomon, who was king. I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This grievous task God has given to the sons of man, by which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. I communed with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness, and have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge, and I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is grasping for the wind, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your law, in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Ecclesiastes is a record of King Solomon's pursuits and the lessons he learned. He learned these lessons and they were written for us that we might learn by his instruction rather than by repeating his mistakes. Many of us, however, will testify that we have gone down some of the same paths that Solomon did and we found out that they all ended at the same place in emptiness, vanity, and futility. Vanity of vanities, said Solomon, all is vanity. That's the theme of this book. Today we'll look at the vanity of all earthly wisdom and knowledge. In the opening 11 verses, remember that Solomon gave us a general picture of the emptiness of life apart from God. Now he begins to give us some specific observations from his own experience. There'll be two points today. And the first one is that we will see is Solomon's search for wisdom. And he begins in verse 12, first of all, to remind us of who he is. I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. His royal position gave him advantages and opportunities to read, to study, to gain knowledge that others didn't have. Solomon had the leisure, he had the resources to investigate life under the sun. And as king, of course, he discovered uh, and learned many things. Uh, the average person in his day would not have had uh, the uh, ability to take the time or, or to have the resource to, to do these kinds of studies. Solomon also received, as you may know, unparalleled wisdom from God in answer to prayer. In Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10, Solomon prayed uh, when he was at the tabernacle of meeting. And he asked God this. He said, now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? God was very pleased with this prayer and said, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you and I will give you riches and wealth and honor. In 1 Kings 4, we read that God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding. And his wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. Solomon was gifted with a great intellect, 
and also a, a great desire to learn. In verse 13, he mentions his personal quest for wisdom. I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. And though God had given Solomon wisdom, that didn't mean he automatically knew everything. He had to apply himself in the pursuit of knowledge, which he did. You need to know that Solomon was not speaking particularly of pursuing divine wisdom or heavenly wisdom here, but that which was merely human, that which was earthly. It had to do with what he could learn from the world uh, and about the world apart from special revelation from God. Uh, he set his heart with fixed purpose to seek and search for wisdom. Uh, he examined the natural revelation that God's given us in the world. And so he had a fixed purpose. He set his heart to seek and search. And, and the Hebrew word for seek means to investigate the root causes and workings of things. The word search has the idea of exploring all sides of a thing. In today's world, I think of someone like Elon Musk, who is constantly learning and discovering things uh, in our world, inventing things. And Musk was asked how he learns so much in such short periods of time. And he gave a thoughtful response. He said, I think most people can learn a lot more than they think they can. One bit of advice. It's important to view knowledge as a sort of semantic tree. Make sure you understand, understand the fundamental principles, uh, the truth uh, would, of, of the big picture, the trunk and the and the big branches before you get into the leaves, the details of things, uh, or else there's nothing for those leaves to hang on to. And so Musk was consumed, is consumed with learning and working. He wears himself out, really. He doesn't sleep much. And a few years ago, a very emotional Elon Musk described how he was working so hard and so many hours trying to keep the production of the Tesla Model 3 on track. He missed his own birthday. He said, all night, no friends, nothing. And he told the New York Times, apparently struggling to get the words out. He had been working 120-hour weeks, often not leaving the factory for three or four days. Well, the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom and understanding can be a very weary task. Solomon put it this way, that seeking wisdom is a burdensome task God has given to the sons of man by which they may be exercised. The search for earthly wisdom was difficult and it was humbling for Solomon. Those like Solomon who give themselves to the pursuit of knowledge in one area or another soon find out that the more they learn, the less they know. The more they learn, the more they see there is to learn. And, of course, we live in the information age. We suffer from information overload. Uh, through the Internet, we can access an ever-increasing database of knowledge and facts. Even back in 2011, Americans at that time were taking in five times as much information every day as they did in 1986. It's estimated that Americans now consume 11.8 hours of information each day. It's truly a burdensome task to seek earthly knowledge and wisdom. Some translations call it a miserable task or an unhappy 
business. One author writes, there's another way to take this verse. The unhappy business that Solomon had in mind may be his very quest to understand the meaning of life. The longer he looked for answers and the harder he tried to understand the meaning of life, the more frustrated he became with all of life's unanswerable questions and impenetrable enigmas. What about you? Have you wrestled with the big questions of the meaning of life? Have you looked for answers to these things? The quest for knowledge and understanding and meaning is a noble quest. However, apart from God and his revelation to us, the quest will never succeed. In verse 14, Solomon said, I've seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. You can try all you want to catch the wind, but it is a fruitless pursuit. The point is, you'll never find the meaning of life by earthly knowledge and wisdom. Philosophy won't do it. Science won't cut it. Medical knowledge can't find it. Liberal arts certainly will never arrive at it. It's all vanity unless we come to know the Lord. In Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24, we read, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord. All wisdom under the sun leads nowhere, but all true wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord and a trust in God and in Jesus Christ whom the Bible says has become for us wisdom from God. Solomon also realized in verse 15, what is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. After pursuing earthly wisdom with all his might, he realized there are many things that simply can't be explained. There are things in life that are crooked that can't be straightened out. This world was created by God with beauty and order and there's still great beauty and order in this world however on account of our sin man's sin God cursed this world and certainly we all can see that the world is in a mess and we pray and we hope that things would somehow get better but human power or wisdom cannot seem to reform this sin cursed world all efforts to do so end in frustration and futility Someone has said that God so arranged life in a sinful, cursed world that it disappoints those who seek satisfaction in anything but him. Our only hope is to turn to the living God who sent his only son into the world to die on the cross to become a curse for us. And of course, he has redeemed us from the curse. And yet the curse on this world remains. However, one day creation will be renewed and the curse will be gone. The Lord Jesus is coming back, and when he does, all things that are crooked will be straightened out. Presently, as Solomon said, what's lacking can't be numbered. Haven't you looked around at things in life and sometimes just thought, this just doesn't add up? Well, that's, that's true often because many things can't. We cannot uh, fully figure out uh, the things uh, of this world apart, again, from the revelation of God. There is so much suffering in the world, for example, and it leads us to ask, why, Lord? 
why is there so much suffering and injustice? But we don't really know the answer to these questions. Um, not, not in great detail. We know some generalities. But think about when someone's going through a great trial. Uh, we, didn't, we don't know the reason. We can't tell them the reason why they're going through this. Not, not on this side of eternity. Uh, we don't have that knowledge. And we don't have all the answers, you see, to God's mysterious providence. But when Jesus returns, he's going to put all things right. All suffering will be removed. And I believe all of our questions about the perplexities that we experience in life will be answered. Until then, it won't do any good to weary ourselves trying to figure out the secret things of God. Our part is to trust God when things don't add up and when things can't be straightened out. We need to trust him. We need to, uh, to heed his revealed truth in Scripture. And for now, that should be enough until the Lord returns to make all things new and to show us uh, what he really was up to uh, in his amazing and mysterious providence. But secondly, now in verses 16 through 18, uh, we look at Solomon's reflections on his search for wisdom. In verse 16, he said, I communed with my heart. He had a heart to hard talk with himself. He reflected on his search and drew some conclusions from it. He said, look, I've attained greatness. I've gained more wisdom than all were before me. In Jerusalem, my heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. It may sound like he's boasting, but really he's stating the truth. There, there was no one in his day who came close not even close to the knowledge and earthly wisdom that he gained. 1 Kings 10.24 says, Now all the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. So the rest of the known world at that time agreed with Solomon's own assessment of his intellectual greatness. And 1 Kings reminds us that it was God who put that wisdom in his heart. God gets the ultimate credit for Solomon's great wisdom. Now the reason why he, why Solomon was acknowledging uh, the greatness of his wisdom was to set that in, in contrast to the great vanity of earthly wisdom. If Solomon's pursuit of knowledge and wisdom was ended up meaningless, what does that say about the rest of us? It says that, that our meager pursuit uh, of earthly wisdom is also pointless, how much more so? Uh, if, if we do so without seeking first the kingdom of God. Education, of course, has been touted as the great secret to progress in civilization. Uh, even Socrates uh, taught uh, that there is only one good, knowledge, and only one evil, ignorance. On the one hand, I think we would all agree that ignorance is not a good thing. Ignorance certainly is not bliss. Uh, educational ignorance is detrimental to any society. However, knowledge by itself is not the only good and it's not the highest good unless it's focused on the knowledge of God. The secularists believe that human knowledge is enough for the betterment of society, but who defines what is good or what is best for a culture? Solomon says, look, I've, I've had more education than anyone else. I've learned more. I know more. But I can tell you, 
it's not all it's cracked up to be. It doesn't answer the question or the quest for meaning and purpose. It can't explain uh, the mysteries of life on earth. So Solomon even set his heart not only to know wisdom, but madness and folly. What what do you think he means by the study of madness and folly? Well, the word madness is interesting because it comes from the root word that means to shine or to flash forth light. It's akin to the idea of uh, of a false glitter or glamour. It's something that looks valuable at first glance, but it turns out to be worthless like costume jewelry. It reminds us of the saying that all that glitters is not gold. Madness is the pursuit of knowledge without God. The godless person, no matter how smart or how educated, is an educated fool. In the Old Testament, the foolish person is someone who does not fear God or keep his commandments. It doesn't matter how much you know, if your knowledge doesn't lead you to bow before God in humility and to worship him, to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then uh, you would be a very educated fool. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. British atheist Richard Dawkins wrote a book titled The God Delusion. We could easily guess that if someone rules out God at the beginning of their book, that it would be Uh, a bunch of rubbish in the end, which of course uh, turns out is the case. Dawkins is an evolutionary biologist, and in his study uh, he sees no evidence for God anywhere in the world. Well, of course, he started out with a false premise that evolution is true, Uh, and and of course all his conclusions are going to be false. Einstein, on the other hand, once said, although I don't think he was uh, a Bible-believing Christian as we would Uh, as we would think, but uh, he said that the integrated complexity of the world of physics has led him to believe that there must be a divine intelligence behind it. And so uh, Einstein believed there must be some kind of God uh, that that, that created perhaps or designed the things that we see. Actually, Richard Dawkins himself The atheist admits that the world appears to have been designed and then speculates that aliens might have had something to do with it. Aliens who had, of course, a superior intellect and knowledge uh, about things. Well, it's interesting that uh, that he can speculate about a superior intelligence uh, called uh, aliens, but he rules out God uh, of superior intelligence. Uh, he denies the existence of God as creator and, uh, and, and somehow assumes that it, it must be something else. It couldn't be God. Uh, again, uh, this kind of thinking illustrates the fact that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Solomon concludes in verse 18, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. The more he learned, the more he knew, the more pain and grief he experienced. Solomon realized that knowledge is not the answer, at least not mere earthly knowledge. Splitting the atom may be great science, but it doesn't really amount to a hill of beans if it's done without reference to God who created the atom in the first place. 
if one cannot find the meaning of life inside an atom, uh, it's not found in outer space either. Space is all the rage these days, but if you explore the outer reaches of the galaxy and you don't see God and his glory in it all, then you, you've only increased the sorrow and grief that Solomon is referring to. As we reflect on Solomon's reflections of his pursuit of earthly wisdom, we need to learn from him to keep such a pursuit in perspective. If you have a PhD after your name, it means very little in the end unless you've come to know Jesus Christ better through it. Actually, I think we probably should pursue a PhD. The PhD that stands for Pray Harder Daily. Instead of seeking more earthly wisdom, we ought to seek God more earnestly in prayer. If so, then we would experience the opposite of what Solomon did. Instead of more grief and sorrow, we would have more joy and peace. We would have less anxiety and less depression. The more we learn of the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, the more we will find true wisdom. And where do we learn about the Lord Jesus? Well, of course, in the scriptures. But, you know, scripture itself says that it's mainly through the preaching of that word that we hear about the Christ of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, For since in the wisdom of God the world, through its wisdom, did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. If Richard Dawkins had spent more time listening to sound preaching of the word instead of studying evolutionary biology, he might have come to know God. He might have found saving faith perhaps it's not too late for him but don't misunderstand solomon here getting an education is not a bad thing god wants us to apply our minds to learn as long as there's a purpose to use that knowledge to serve and glorify him to serve uh, other people Remember, true peace and satisfaction does not come from earthly knowledge or secular education. Neither does it come from choosing to remain ignorant and un uneducated. It comes from knowing Jesus Christ and laying all that you are, your mind, your studies, your knowledge, to lay that before him and submit it all to his lordship. Study all you want. Get all the education you can, but without God it will end in frustration. Human reason and learning can only take you so far. It cannot take you to God or to heaven. All our learning, as someone said, is empty without God. The good news is that is, if we seek wisdom from God and his word, he will give it to us liberally. It will bring true meaning to our lives. And in the end, God the Son, Jesus Christ, will return to this world and we'll all stand before him and give an account of our lives. We will be judged not on how many degrees we have after our name, but on whether we knew Jesus Christ by faith and lived our lives for his honor and glory. Amen.